0: is Is she she is she's
1: just the cutest thing in the whole world i'm gonna squeeze you
2: well you can squeeze her for the next like minute and 23 seconds
0: why should you visit thechairshot.com thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting
2: reviews news opinion and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com
0: Always use your head. Eight, seven, six, five.
1: welcome to another edition of the hashtag Miranda show I am your host the Twitterless heroine herself ring announcer to the stars Miss fancy pants the most professional podcaster the pop punk princess and most importantly the queen of soft style herself Miranda Morales your host your leader back with the hashtag Miranda show yes it's been a few Wild weeks yay yes. yeah! I know, I know, but I am back with my co-host, of course. He is the kingpin of thechairshot.com, the unstoppable one, Greg DeMarco. Mandy. What's it like to have neither one of those songs be relevant anymore?
2: I mean, one, they're both relevant, just in different ways. It's not like the people have disappeared or they've changed to a point where, I mean, one has, that's true, but yeah, don't, wrestling is all about eliciting emotion. Miranda, I almost called you something <laughs> else. I'm and just,
1: yeah, I'm trying to elicit emotion from you by dissing on two of your favorite <laughs> songs. <laughs> Times they are a changing
2: they are a changing indeed yes, they are
1: they are they've gone indeed. from
2: dark and black and yellow to bright and cheery and colorful
1: so much color Nickelodeon style and if you can't tell what we're talking about from these you know little hints well, We are going to be talking about NXT 2.0 on today's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Uh, Of course, you may know Greg and I are fans of NXT. We've talked about it before countless times on the show. And NXT has gone through a big change over the past week with the introduction of NXT 2.0. So we're going to be breaking down all of these changes, giving our thoughts on it, and hopefully... You can let us know your thoughts on NXT 2.0 by reaching out to us on social media. You can find me Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. You can find Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg. He's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Me myself, I'm only on Facebook and Instagram, no Twitter. And, of course, you can always follow TheChairShot.com at ChairShotMedia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, hey, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and visit TheChairShot.com?
0: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: I didn't know if more yes. was coming after that. Like, I didn't know if there was going to be more more stuff. That's why there was a pause.
1: There's, yeah, that's, that's what you'll claim. You just never know what's coming
2: next. That's to the true man as well. Who
1: totally and completely derails me at every given
2: opportunity. And, and and you never do that to me. So you're 100% right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. All the time. Yes. Uh, but you could check out thechairshot.com, your source for wrestling news analysis, sports entertainment, and sports and entertainment.
2: You know, I saw something when you talked about the derailing thing. I saw the funniest thing the other day that made me think of you. <laughs> It did. As as I we we derail, we talk about all sorts of stuff. It said some people some people were meant to get married and some people were meant to start a food truck together. And that just made me think of oh, you. Oh
1: yeah. Well, I, thought, I thought you were just gonna talk about my failed marriages. No, <laughs> like, I no, went, I wasn't gonna go I there. thought you were going in that route. I was like some people were no. meant to get married, some people are not. You Miranda, you should just stop getting married No, I was more sure. talking
2: about two individuals and and, and how they interact. Is what that was. Um, that was a short version because I don't remember the whole thing because I saw it. Yeah, and then
1: no, I forgot feel like We could, it. We could start a food truck. Yeah,
2: it'd be very entertaining. Could,
1: I'd be fun. I don't cook, but I can. I, I could do, do other that. stuff on the food truck. I could drive the food truck.
2: <laughs> you could make people buy stuff. It'd be fine.
1: Yay! Yeah. Okay, you'd We're be, the front, you'd be
2: the front man of the food truck, and I'd be the,
1: going into business for ourselves.
2: That's right. Which we do. Look, talk about your wrestling phrases that that are usable in other ways. Yes. Going into business Mm -hmm. for ourselves. Yes. Acknowledge me.
1: You know, this wouldn't be an episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show if we didn't bring up our local independent wrestling scene. And because of the fact that we haven't recorded in a few weeks, we haven't been able to talk about IZW Impact Zone Wrestling and... A change that has occurred for i z w yeah. fully legal for November twentieth. So I'm gonna let you break the news, which is not really breaking the news because it's been all over social media. But I'm gonna let you announce the big change happening for fully legal,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a huge change, but we've decided that we're gonna start the show an hour earlier. So now uh, VIP will be at 5 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. And the main doors uh, will open at 6.30 p.m. instead of 7.30 p.m. And the main show will start at 7 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. That's it, right? That's the only thing we've changed.
1: That's not the only thing you've changed, Greg. I mean, unless you want people to show up at the incorrect location... And then that would be on you, not no, on me. That would don't be put that me. evil on me. I don't want to put that evil on anybody because I would
2: feel horrible if, if people did that. No, we have something that was in the works for a while, but definitely got pushed up to this most uh, upcoming show. We have moved. We have moved locations while we've had a great run at the Sun Studios of Arizona. One of the things that we talked about a lot internally was the fact that we couldn't put any more people in there. We we were mm-hmm. out to the point and, and it's got four fixed walls. We can't make it any bigger. We're already in the biggest room they have. Um, last year, because of COVID, there was talk about doing one outside of the Sun Studios. That didn't happen. Um, but we have, in, indeed, we were looking at a new location. We were actually hoping to move to a new location in 2022. Things changed and something became available and we had to jump on the opportunity. And so moving forward, IZW events, start, events starting with Fully Legal on November 20th will be held at the Scottsdale Studios. We, we're like our studios in IZW in Scottsdale, Arizona. Bigger venue, a lot more we can do with the place, some more amenities that are offered to us. So um, and on the business end, it, it, it's a can't miss opportunity. So, yeah, very excited to have this new building. New digs, as they say, and and able to set some new goals from a business standpoint. And now we move forward with uh, the biggest change as we celebrate 21 years of IZW. We do so in a bigger place. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about our move to the Scottsdale Studios. It'll still be earlier. That was a different change that we did made before the Scottsdale Studios. We just announced them at the same time. But brand new location. Very, very excited about it. And it should be a lot of fun. So.
1: Yeah, what a way to celebrate a birthday in style with a new venue, with a new schedule. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, if anyone knows the landscape of Arizona, Scottsdale is a, you know, pretty nice place. So celebrating anything 21st in Scottsdale, well, that's just very Arizona of us.
2: It is, but we'll celebrate 22 there and 23 there and probably some others. as Well, well of hopefully. course, but yeah,
1: yeah. That is, this is now looking like the, you know, new permanent home It of is. IZW. It is
2: a new permanent home of IZW. We will follow the same schedule in 2022. We'll have those dates to announce even before the November event, but we'll continue to do the February, May, August, November timetable just at the Scottsdale Studios instead of the Sun Studios. I can tell you that there will likely be more than that in 2022 oh. i know we've talked about it but we've definitely begun to move forward on one um one one location for at least one time during 2022 that i'm not able to say anything else about right now at least on the air i'm sure marina's gonna want all the details off the air but um, of
1: course i want details
2: yeah i can't give them to you, you No, know right i have
1: now. no patience
2: i know well you'll have to have at least 45 minutes worth of patience before we get there but um yeah, that's some more things coming as well. But that staple will still be there. And a new staple will be the Scott Scottsdale Studios. And very excited. It allows us to grow, to do more things. There were a lot of opportunities that I couldn't even jump on because we just couldn't fit any more people. So yeah. now the chance to do that and, and grow. And it's a bigger space. I mean, it, we, we you know, are, are, are not at this finite thing right now. We could fit a lot of people in there. So it just changes the landscape and changes yeah. everything from the marketing to the setup to all of it. So
0: <laughs> I'm excited.
2: It's a challenge. It's one that I'm ready for. And we're all ready yeah. for
1: well, the good news is with a bigger space means more tickets are available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives you more of a chance to come. The last, gosh, six shows, uh, six shows have yep. been sold out, and <clears throat> which is still the goal Yep, is <coughs> to sell out. But there is more opportunity for tickets. <coughs> oh, my gosh.
2: Okay, you do that, and, and I'll jump into what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, but go ahead, one, of, one <laughs> of the things that we did um, with this move was we were open, able to open up more of our VIP front row seating. Normally, at this point, VIP front row would have been long gone, and and yeah. we would have, would have not had any more of that left. But because of the change in logistics, we have a little more room. We can actually have a bigger <coughs> ringside area now, which I'm excited about. Um, it opens things up for the talent as well as us it did allow us to open up more of the front row VIP seating. So that is not yet sold out. However, it's pretty damn close. And so, um, more front row VIP seating means more opportunity for people to get those front row seats, but those are almost gone as well. So head on over, uh, to all the different ways that uh, to get the tickets and you can pick those up, but I'll just go ahead and Miranda's no longer choking, but I will go ahead and and share where to find those. Obviously at IZW wrestling AZ on your social media. I did have an opportunity to update IZW So you can go to IZW to get your ticket needs fulfilled there as well. Do it soon. Um, as, as we are approaching uh very, very few of those front row VIP tickets left. We also in this brand new venue, we're able to bring back the backstage pass and we do have a way to host the backstage pass and do so in a way that'll be conducive to the environment we want to provide. So backstage passes are available and we do still have some of those available as well. Not all of them as a bunch of already sold, but those are also available at izwwrestling.com and at IZW wrestling Easy on social media. So grab those tickets, come on out. It's a great time. There's nothing like it. And and you'll you'll sure enough be be glad you did. Right now, for some reason, the biggest topic of conversation is people sharing that they have a front row seat and they really hope somebody ends up in their lap. I've had multiple people bring this up, and and um, <laughs>
1: wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I, the last show you had Gallo and Graves fight all through that front row we did um you i think was it the the show before that or maybe the same show you had pete the heat that was the same event. On someone's lap uh, i on think on that lap. same show you had gino rivera dance with uh-huh. someone um so literally anything can happen at an IZW. Show. highly
2: highly interactive experience
1: very interactive experience for for those who
2: choose it to be. It is not.
1: Yes, a, yes, uh, yes. You, no one gets volunteered to do well, anything. I do. But um, do anything. Yes, but other than that, it was a very immersive experience. Yes. Uh,
2: <laughs> very, but it's a lot of fun, and and I really hope people will come on out, enjoy it. Gotten a lot of positive feedback about moving the venue. Um, some positive feedback about the new time as well. Cause it does mean that the show, uh, the event will end a little bit earlier, which is great. It is a family friendly event. So come on out, take advantage of that. And there's gonna be more stuff to come, more announcements and, and, and lots more things as well. We announced a brand new par- partnership with uh, 3d sports cards and memorabilia. Excited to have them on board, literally have two more that are probably being announced soon. So yeah, lots of great things going yeah. on. So, Come on out and be a part of it, because it ain't yes. going nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's the best show in town, and if anyone chooses to run against us, more power to them. But looking at the calendar, I don't think it's going to be happen this time. So.
1: No, so IZW presents fully legal Saturday, November 20th um, in Scottsdale. Get information is available online uh, with the new venue information. Uh, with that uh, there is another promotion who has announced another venue change as well. Um, One of the other local promotions in Arizona Phoenix Championship Wrestling has also changed their venue for their October 16th show Um, it was originally scheduled for the Revelry Um, however that location has closed uh, temporarily due to some technical issues and so they have relocated the show to the Broadway Recreation Center. Um, So just in a few weeks now, actually, we will be heading into October towards the end of this week. And October 16th is just a few weeks away. But Phoenix Championship Wrestling presents live on Broadway at the Broadway Recreational Center in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, Tickets are available at PCWAZ.com. And you can also follow uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling at Phoenix Wrestle's on social media with talent announcements, match announcements. Um, Earlier this week, they announced that there was only 12 front row seats remaining. And by the time this show airs, I know it's going to be less. It actually is less. Um, And by the time you hear this show, front row may be sold out. So um, keep that in mind. If you are interested in attending uh, Phoenix championship wrestling um, presents a great show as well. One that Greg and I are also a part of um, and you know, we just love our local independent wrestling scene. It's something that you mentioned Greg as well on the baby face heel podcast regarding independent wrestling. And I thought it was an interesting perspective that there is you know, a level you talked about, you know, having shows run against each other on the same day. But you as a wrestling promoter, you want other shows to do well and succeed because that encompasses a more positive view of wrestling for fans.
2: Absolutely. There, there's there's a reason why we talk about certain events on shows like this and don't talk about others. Like it's I, I have certain expectations. I, I wouldn't put any weight behind anybody if I didn't believe in it and, and overall even the ones that I don't like, right. To, to go to, you know, whatever you want to talk about. I don't want them to fail because like I said, on the baby, if seal podcast, For some people, it's just wrestling. Wrestling is wrestling is wrestling. And so if there's bad wrestling somewhere, it will hurt all of us. And I don't want that. I don't want that from a selfish standpoint. And I don't want that from a business standpoint. At the end of the day, my primary responsibility is, of course, IZW and the success of IZW and and the promises that I've made there, and the things that we're trying to do long term. But from a business standpoint, the better the business is, the better it is for everybody, including IZW. So yeah, I want to see the business do well. I want to see everybody locally do well. Just like I want both AEW and WWE to still continue to be successful. And and they do so independently. I, You know, I, I made a tweet the other day that we didn't talk about the Baby Physio podcast where I said, you know what, they're not competing. They're coexisting. And that's really what it's mm-hmm. about, right? Everybody can coexist. Everybody can do well as long as people don't make stupid decisions. And by and large, the ones that make the stupid decisions tend to pay for them in the long run. So support what you love support what you want to support try new things and and know that there's something out there for everybody um some shows like mine there's something for everybody literally on that show but you there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to find something you like locally and i I can't speak for other cities but in our city we're very lucky to have such a diverse offerings in professional wrestling but the same with what's on tv there's literally no reason to not find if you're a wrestling fan of any kind You can find things you like. And that includes the independent wrestling scene, and that includes TV wrestling. Wrestling should be good for everybody.
1: Yeah, So that's why we support and talk about multiple shows happening throughout the area. And again, it's also an interesting perspective about... Local wrestling, um, because again, I mean, we spend a lot of time on the Babyface Hill podcast talking about the narrative of AEW versus WWE. And sometimes that can even trickle down to uh, rivalries between local promotions um, or by, you know, promotions within the same areas or same states. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, being able to support and throw your weight behind and encourage people to attend and, and, you know, go to multiple wrestling shows. Well, because that is, you know, help support our local wrestling economies. And as Greg said, you know, you don't want others to fail. You want everyone to be successful because that is going to help wrestling as a whole. So Mm -hmm. IZW Wrestling presents Fully Legal Saturday, November 20th. Phoenix Championship Wrestling presents Live on Broadway Saturday, October 16th. Make sure you follow on social media and get your tickets if you can, because you don't want to miss either shows. But, you know, we understand if you do. But there is a way that you can at least support IZW uh, if you can't attend Fully Legal. Before I tell you about that, Greg... Go ahead and do me a favor mm-hmm. and wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot and IZW t-shirt today. Yes, if you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find t-shirts in support of both impact zone wrestling and the chair shot.com including two new chair shot t-shirts the chair shot linear logo design and a new izw t-shirt and established 2000 very cool logos and the new izw t-shirt in support of the upcoming anniversary uh and of course much much more you can also find the queen of soft style t-shirt there my t-shirt of course everybody hates greg bandwagon nerds Multiple chair shot logo t-shirts, uh multiple always use your head t-shirts, uh, the hashtag saving or the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt, uh, the Corona chair shot t-shirt, the chair shot brewing company t-shirt. Jesus did the job uh, and his dad was the promoter. You know, some deep cuts in there for t-shirt lovers, but you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your t-shirts today. You can even order any of these shirts that I mentioned. Yes, and I mean any of these T-shirts in soft style. So what are you waiting for? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey,
2: folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code Chairshot to save ten percent. That's angrylemonade.net. Yeah, a win feels good, but you know what feels better? Sorry, I don't know what's going on
1: there. I don't know what's going on there. I thought that was a segue into the topic. I'm not. I'm not sure. It Either wasn't. you're doing the whole, you know, producer thing. I trust you.
2: And don't. Again, Not on that, that record.
1: Trust anymore. I don't know what to believe in anymore. I was anymore. trying to do this,
2: but it was screwing me up. I don't even know if it's recognizable enough yet that this is the new NXT theme no. song.
1: No. no, but it got some good flow to it. I dig it.
2: it. Definitely encompasses if you compare that to the old ones. Yeah, big difference. Apparently, it's the whole intro. It's actually the intro to like the last week's show. All right. Anyway. Anyways. Sometimes you throw spaghetti against so, the wall and it just slides right the fuck off.
1: Yeah, that's all right. That's literally what the show does most of the time. Uh,
2: <laughs> slides off the wall.
1: As Just slides just slides down the wall. Um, so as I talked about at the beginning, we are going to be talking about the new NXT, NXT 2.0. We're just going to be kind of popcorning around some topics because why not? Um, And this is actually inspired by a list of thoughts that I received from one Greg DeMarco on uh, his review of the very first episode of NXT 2.0. And so I'm going to be popcorning around some of these topics. And we're going to also add our thoughts regarding the first and the second episode of NXT 2.0. As we record this, neither of us have been able to see the third episode, well, because we're busy doing this. So we that's cannot true. do two things at once. And just to
2: give the easy. backstory, like you saw the first episode before I did. And you were like, whoa, boy, can't wait to know your thoughts on this. And so when I sat down later on to watch it, I was like, okay, so I knew the thoughts. So I went ahead and was like, I'm going to watch this thing and take notes. And I don't want to you know give too much away, but it was it was definitely note-taking worthy. Yes. By far.
1: Taking no noteworthy. Um, so let let's jump into this and let's look at the aesthetic. So we already talked about the theme music and a lot of people online too have talked about one of the most apparent changes in nxt is not only of course the name nxt 2.0 but the look we first got introduced to the change in logo a few weeks before that um and we got confirmation once they started posting post on social media of the new logo and we got confirmation that day of uh, of the change in layout um as far as the entire look of it being brighter, more colorful, even the layout um, of the seating and stands is, you know, more of a tiered um, and more of a kind of a mini arena look than what we've seen um, at the Capitol wrestling center and even the performance center um, and, and other iterations of NXT prior. So, you know, As far as the layout itself, um, it's not something that I'm mad at. It's definitely different. Uh, But, you know, I do feel like there seems a little bit more distance between the crowd in the ring, even though I'm sure it's about the same. I really did get used to those plastic barriers, and I thought they added something to uh, the show, especially when I constantly kept seeing Raquel Gonzalez throw people into that. Like, we don't get that anymore, and I'm a little sad for that. Uh, but you know, the color scheme is a little, it's brighter. Um, and it's a little bit, I don't want to say happier. I don't know if that's the, the tone, but it's definitely a brighter look. Um, you know, you, you have some thoughts regarding the new setup and, um, you know, the, the look to it.
2: I do. And, and, and it's kind of, it's, I know those comments in the notes are somewhat all over the place, but there's a few things Yes, overall. If you look at the WWE's product as a whole, it's usually painted on a black canvas. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Literally, if you look at at, at, it Raw and SmackDown, like it starts black, then you put the lights on stuff, and you do all that. NXT's painted on a white canvas. Like the background is gray, and that's just not normal. You get the random WWE event like a SummerSlam that was held in a stadium that has a ton of natural light that's going to be brighter and and normal, and then the SummerSlam colors are are blue and orange, so that makes that difference. But NXT was like purposefully done like like a lot of it at, before at the CWC was black curtains covering things up now those are all gone and, and we have this bright cheery version of, of NXT as we see it but the big thing that jumped out at me was that they're obviously doing this on purpose like they don't even call it the capital wrestling center anymore they no, don't even refer don't. to it as the performance center anymore they're literally just saying that it's live from orlando florida like mm-hmm. it's it's which is where you know when things used to be recorded to places like universal studios it would happen there and this feels more like that type of yes. environment and that type of recording but lower level wrestling quote-unquote lower level wrestling like a lot of the aw shows like the indies and like nxt had been done on a much darker way in terms of the presentation and this completely flipped that to me one thing that jumped out it's like I kind of felt like they wanted me to forget about the old way that NXT looked
1: yeah I think that in some ways the fact that it used to be darker you felt like it accentuated the positives and hid the negatives and now out in the light mm-hmm. everything is more apparent and I think that's a bigger analogy for what we'll be talking about as well with the rest of the show um, but it's much more of a colorful scenario. You know, you, you can't hide between the darkness anymore. And in some ways, that was part of the allure of mm-hmm. NXT is that it was a little bit more intimate fight environment. And even the way that the environment was utilized to create a much more tougher scene. Here, it's a little bit more roses and sunshine, which, you know, Again, when you think of the history of NXT, the fact that it was a little grittier as a product was appealing to fans. But we'll get into some of that in in a little bit. But a very big change in the layout and the color scheme and the logo, all of it.
2: It still kind of has its grit. And and you know, like, I've always preferred that darker fight club kind of feel to a wrestling event. Like, I always have. And I don't know if I put this in, in the list or not, but I'll, and i and I think I may have told you, I don't remember. This reminds me of when Lucha Underground went from season three to season four, when they left the temple and went to the ice house, like it became a little brighter. The backdrop was white. Even the ropes, they had the yellow rope and the blue versus what they had the black at the old one. Like it changed the look and feel of Lucha Underground when they went into that fourth season with a new venue. And, and even though it's the same venue for NXT, it still changed the venue. It just, it just is that it's, it's very night and day is almost the perfect analogy on accident with, with how different they look. Yeah. But like you said, it's also, you know, it's harder to hide things.
1: Yes. So let's get into it because as we saw right away, there is an of inf- uh, bigger emphasis now on the, a younger talent scene um one of the first newer talents that we saw was braun breaker and that name has really flowed through the internet and has made a, a really big presence in nxt over the past few weeks um and so braun breaker is the son of scott steiner and rick okay rick okay that's what I. I had uh, the thought, because uh, the comparison's a lot of Scott, yes. I think. That's where I got the... the um,
2: well, they shouldn't uh, be. The comparison the, should be to Rick, because he's literally a Rick Steiner yeah. clone.
1: Yes. Uh, but, you know, that was someone that we knew um, that had been signed to NXT, but someone that we did not expect to see right away Um, and this was uh, against a a match uh, with Eli Drake and eventually we saw him again with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and you know he's just been a a pretty big presence um, in NXT over the past few weeks. Um, Now because of the fact that you have that family association and it's not recognized That has definitely gotten some fans curious and wondering, but the guy has a great look, you know, a lot of great talent for someone who is still fairly new in wrestling. I think his previous background was in football, which, hey, let's admit it, we've seen plenty of of football players transition into wrestling. But someone to be brought up to the spotlight as quickly as he has, you know, is something that is a little uncommon. But I think this was the stamp or that first glimpse uh, for fans to say this is a new NXT. And this was the beginning of many other talents that are bringing to the forefront that we have not seen really ever before. So what were your thoughts on Braun? Bron breaker
2: i mean stupid name notwithstanding and it is a stupid name yes. um i just he is fantastic first of all like i really love what he's been able to do in such a short period of time he's a natural um obviously right and, he
1: just like that it's insane it's insane how good he is
2: yeah it is
1: for the level that he is
2: exactly and and the thing about braun breaker is that he's He's young um, and and he's young enough. I mean, he's, he's, you know, 24 years old right now. (sighs) He was like five or six years old when his dad basically stopped being a full-time wrestler. And, and so he has largely grown up the, the son of a wrestler. So yeah, he's, he was a natural, but he kind of grew up in it in a lot of ways. And that, that influence has always been there in his life. So I'm not surprised that he took to it so quickly, um, given given the fact that his dad's Rick Steiner and and he really gets it. He gets it, though I think to a different degree that and it might have changed somewhat. I've seen some stuff from this week's NXT and then it might be starting to go that way. But he was like this spastic happy to be their character on the first episode of NXT. And then at the very end he kind of approaches Tommaso Champa and he's all happy, go lucky, whatever, then suddenly he changes and smiles. And it's like I realize initially, okay, I was like, this guy's this is this character doing this on purpose, like to me. I, yeah,
1: like I got a I got a Mojo Raleigh type of vibe, and I don't know if it's because of the gear too being so colorful yeah. and bright. But Mojo but never right.
2: uh, he tried and he did it on social media, but yeah. Braun, I think is has this darker side that's going to come out sooner than later. Oh yeah, and and I think that this is the natural way to go with the comparisons to his dad and everything, even though they haven't said his dad's name, they've said the dog face gremlin moniker. Um, and I think it's dumb. They're not saying the dad's name. I think it's dumb. They even won't use the Steiner name. Cause well,
1: so let's also look at this from a different perspective. I think he's going to grow into it because someone who also didn't initially utilize the family name is Charlotte flair. Mm -hmm. Uh, For various reasons, you know, uh, she was just Charlotte for the longest time and the acknowledgement was there, but she really, you know, kept on her, you know, very specific look and and name Mm -hmm. for quite some time in NXT, very similar to almost what this NXT is and more of this developmental realm. Until it started to grow and it made more sense for her to adopt the Charlotte Flair name and eventually adopt it in her gear. And, ad- you know, I think in her moveset, she originally had it as far as like, you know, the the figure eight. Mm-hmm. Um you know, eventually, but even then, you know, she utilized natural selection a little bit more when she was first starting off just, uh, you know, something different. And you could tell she was a different athlete than her father. Absolutely. But as time grew, it made more and more sense to see the Charlotte flair that we see now. So I'm kind of thinking we're going to see that same trajectory where eventually it will be incorporated as it makes more Maybe. sense
2: if Rick Steiner ever signs a legend contract and, or if they, cause you could trademark the name, you can license the name, but can't really trademark it. And so I think that has a lot Mm -hmm. to do with it as well. Um, for every Randy Orton, there was a Curtis Axel. So it's not like everybody has to carry on the family name. Correct. However, the ones that carry on the family name tend to be more successful in the long run. Cause Mm -hmm. where's Curtis Axel now? I mean, he still was never eliminated from that Royal rumble, but he's not with the company anymore. So it doesn't matter. Um, I really thought, and, and it's weird because his name was Bronson or Ecksteiner. He could have been Bronson Steiner, but there's two issues with that. Number one, the Steiner thing. Number two, they just cut a guy named Bronson not too long ago. And while yeah, that might seem stupid to yeah. us, it's not, it's very WWE like to be like, yeah, we can't call you Bronson because we just had Bronson. And, and yeah. that's, that's why he's Braun and not Bronson right now. So Braun Steiner, I think would have been fine. Braun Breaker. I'm okay with it because he doesn't suck. If he came out and sucked, Braun Breaker would be this horrible thing, right? But he's really good. He's a natural. He's going to be a future world champion. He's going to be a big star. He's going to be a future world champion. Not like Von Wagner, like they want us to believe is going to be a future world champion. Braun Breaker is actually going to be one. And he's just insanely talented. And it's just some people are undeniable. And he's one of them. In my opinion,
1: so you you mentioned Von Wagner, and you specifically had notes, and I think a lot of people felt very duped with Von. Well, not duped by Von Wagner, but duped because they had an idea of who was going to be in that four-way, and then you had Von Wagner, and so you know I think that was a case of a surprise that didn't go over well, and also a case of bringing on someone into the spotlight that wasn't doesn't seem quite ready for it
2: yeah and and he just it just didn't fit like he didn't fit in the match he didn't wrestle well in the match like and, and i get why they did it and it fits the new nxt 2.0 but like braun breaker would have been better in that role uh, even yes. other talent existing talent like um you know santos escobar or swerve scott would have been better in that role or even carmelo hayes would have been better in that role who we can talk about later because i have some issues with that it's it just was just like wow, like like, and he got the yeah. spot because he saved Kyle O'Reilly for being attacked by people. Like, do we ever give security a spot because they save people for some reason? Or referees a spot for that reason? It, it just seemed like a weird reason to give him that. Like, like make him earn it in a match, you know? Like, like, mm-hmm. and the same with Braun Breaker beating Eli Drake. Like, in wrestling logic, that means he probably would have taken a spot in the four way, yeah. but he didn't. Eli Drake still in the four way. He took the fall in the end. Which is they had you know again it's a playlist thing right but Von Wagner like there's all this talk that they see a future WWE main event WrestleMania or WrestleMania main eventer in him and I watch him and I'm just like I see a future like if Geico ever bring back brings back the caveman commercials like I think he fits there better than he fits in. Like, look at his forehead. Like, it's just weird. And I just don't... Now you can never unsee it. Next time you see the guy. Now I
1: can never unsee it. Now it's in my head Because he really does look like a caveman.
2: That's his gimmick in the future. He's going to be a caveman, and it's going to get over. But I don't know. And and maybe, again, he hasn't... He's been at this longer than most. He's been there for a while. Um, And and he's got, you know, his his dad's Wayne Bloom. He's got folks in the business as well. But it's just... I mean, their dads have wrestled each other on WWE pay-per-views. It's... It just, that one didn't hit for me at all. And whereas Braun Breaker feels natural, Von Wagner feels very forced. Yes.
1: So you talked about Carmelo Hayes, and he's actually the next person I wanted to bring up because there will be a few people that we talk about that are in this interesting flex period where they weren't completely introduced to NXT like Von and Braun um On that first episode of NXT 2.0, they've just been more recently introduced into the NXT fold, but now they're transitioning into this new this new period, Um, and that means changes for them and their storylines. And they're, you know, just just uh, their perception. And Carmelo Hayes is one where literally they had spent weeks building him up as a baby face. And he had even a short match and run program with Santos Escobar, which was, you know, very clear cut heel and face. But in this first episode of NXT 2.0, he does a pivot and aligns himself with Duke Hudson and now is essentially more of a heel character. Yeah. And I'm curious about that change because you really spent the time in building him up in this breakout tournament and now he's he's too big for, you know, TV. Like it just seems like it's such a quick turn when I think that in this new era there feels like there isn't as many faces as they need to have and utilizing Carmelo in that face for, at least for now, what I think could have been a better utilization of him. And also just the ability to have him grow as a character, to have people get behind. But now with this shift, you know, does it feel like we're losing some momentum that they spent the time building with him?
2: I think he'll, he'll get that back. Uh, I think that's fine. And maybe trick Williams, who he's aligned with needed to be a heel. I don't know. And I do think he's going to be a good heel in the long run. I just didn't need it now. Like, to me, it just felt so rushed. Like, why turn him now? I don't need to see Duke Hudson become a babyface either. Like, he's a great heel. Carmelo Hayes is a great babyface. She talked about the match with Santos Escobar. He did the same thing with Adam Cole and and had a great match with Adam Cole where he was that, that underdog role. And that story was there to be told. And I do think in the long run, most people are better off as heels in the long run. But it just seemed like... Why now? There was so much to do with him as a babyface before you turned him heel. And and I think had you spent more time developing him as a babyface, a heel turn would have been more impactful. That wasn't their goal. Their goal wasn't an impactful heel turn. I think their goal was get him over to that side so we can start going in that direction. So again, it's a playlist thing. And I think a lot of this is a playlist thing for me and what's not on my playlist good idea in the future to me it was just too short but that's where we are now and and now they're kind of in the tag team picture anyway so um which is good for trick williams because he's he's not quite ready yet either um but which is another theme with with nxt 2.0 but carmelo hayes is talented and he's a star yeah
1: so speaking of that we had two female wrestlers that have been a part of that initial not initial group but that have been aligned with two different factions i'm talking about Bfab and electra lopez they have been aligned with a uh, hit row and the god of the Fantasma, and now have been both kind of added to seemingly add more fuel to the fire however in both of their debut matches um for nxt it was very visible that it was they uh, are still very young, and it was fairly rough. I would say B Fabs match was a little harder to watch than Electra's. I feel Electra had the luxury of time because um, I would have probably had the same thoughts if Electra's match was aired first, uh, but. Now, this week, which I have not seen, they fought each other. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. But this is a case where both have been brought in to add to an existing storyline and feud that's been going on for quite some time. But they're now, you know, kind of also the focus of this feud um, as, as these members. And, you know, as much as their matches were meant to prove a point, and storyline wise, it also really did show how, um, you know, new they are to this. And do I, you know, my question is, does it actually hurt the overall feud or does it still serve the purpose of adding more fuel to, to the feud fire?
2: I think for Legato Del Fantasma, it adds more fuel to the fire. I don't think Hit Row needed it, but but I do think Legato could benefit from it. Here's the thing though, Electra Lopez has been doing this for a while. She's not some athlete. That though. is she true. Wrestled yeah. On the no, she
1: she has been on people the city. A lot of yeah, people don't is.
2: even know who Carissa Rivera is. And, and that's who she yeah. is. And she's wrestled for Impact. She wrestled for Ring of Honor. She's been on NXT as Carissa Rivera. In the past, she's worked on you know, as enhancement talent or Ron Smackdown in the past as Carissa Rivera. BFAB, great character, great voice, great whatever. Here's the big difference, and I and I can't put it any other way. B.Fab sucks. Like she's not any good. Mm-hmm. Like like even the neckbreaker she hit, like the like. Oh, it's that
1: neckbreaker was awful.
2: It's the everything. Like she's just not good at the wrestling. She's good at everything else. But, and, and she'll probably, if she has a long-term future, especially if they move Hit Row to the main roster, which I don't know. I hope they don't. I, I think it's too soon. I think there's a lot you can do with them in NXT, but it's NXT 2.0 now, so who knows. If they move B-Fab and, and all of Hit Row to the main roster, then dude, just make her their manager, because she cannot go in the ring. And yeah. It'll be even worse. And then you're going to nah. get, and then she'll be in the ring with Nia Jax at some point, and then she will die. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to see any of that happen b fab is a great character b fab is a bad wrestler
1: yeah and this is a big shift in the women's division nxt women's division which has touted and i've said it for a while and a lot of people have also felt this that the nxt women's division at one point was the best women's division in all of pro wrestling and that is because the talent and the focus on you know, independent talent and bringing in women of different backgrounds, but different wrestling experience levels. Um, and now that you're shifting away to newer talent, younger talent now with Electra Lopez, you bring up a good point. And I think some of that was maybe in-ring chemistry. Um, I felt like Electra had better chemistry with her opponent than B-Fab, um, but also, you know, even the structure of the match made more sense with Electra as far as her finishing move um, compared to BFAB with that uh, neck breaker that just did not make sense for, for the finisher, Um, you know, but it still was something that at the quality of, of wrestling that you see on the women's division, when you've been used to, you know, anywhere from Shayna Baszler to Asuka to Io Shirai to, you know, Rhea Ripley to, you know, Dakota and Raquel now you're starting over on the on a new slate and that is very obvious with this now you're building the future but the women's division that you've built over the past you know few years has been one of the best in all of wrestling so when you make such a big shift like that in such a quick way you see the differences very very quickly now, before we get into the second half of this conversation, uh, which I'm going to talk about pretty, pretty much two more topics and a little bit silly, but, you know, we definitely are going to go into the, um, wedding of, uh, index uh, of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis and, uh, definitely go into some more, uh, general thoughts on someone's reappearance in NXT uh, and their new look. Before we get into that, Greg, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills So the big event of the first episode of NXT 2.0 and a big storyline that has carried NXT for the past few months was the wedding of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. An event that, you know, we didn't really know what it was going to look like. Uh, One, because it was a wrestling wedding. So you never, you know, uh, to expect- was never go well. What you could expect is uh, to not know what to expect. And again, this was in a new format of NXT, a storyline that had started in the previous NXT and carried over. The swerve of this wedding, I think, was the fact that it went through, that it actually happened, and it had its comedic moments, but it wasn't interrupted and broken up, that no one left heartbroken. The swerve and the great thing about this being an unexpected wedding is that it actually happened. And they did go on to live happily ever after so far.
2: Oh yeah. So far. And it was, and the best part about it was, and this was kind of the old NXT shining through a little bit in this situation is that everybody involved was just waiting for it to happen. They were just waiting for the wrestling wedding to happen during the wrestling wedding. Even the people in the wedding, like everybody was waiting for it to happen and it didn't and and then when you know they even took out the original minister and then Beth Phoenix took over cuz she got you know ordained online the day before and and all that stuff was just so perfectly done and at the end when when she pronounced them them husband and wife and and kissed the bride and all that like they were celebrating the fact that index wedding or the fact that index was married they also were celebrating the fact that it happened successfully. Like it was literally Mm -hmm. everyone in the ring realized the magnitude of the fact that a wrestling wedding actually finished. And that was the, the wedding was almost the biggest star of the wedding in a lot of ways.
1: No, it was. And again, the unexpected thing is that it actually happened. And I also thought it was a great way to incorporate the new and the old. You had Austin Theory come back, uh, but you also had some kind of more newer talent. I think was it uh, Stevens. Is it Chase? Um, Andre Chase.
2: Andre Andre
1: Chase. Yes, Andre Chase made his kind of moment debut in there. Um, You know, all of that. I think it was the great way of incorporating existing talent and new talent in one format. Um, And even the moments of, you know, everyone with bated breath in hearing Dexter Loomis say, you know, I do like that is just a natural thing in wrestling where it has nothing to do with what is physically happening in the ring. You know, wrestling wise, it's building up a moment and building up a character to the point where you get emotionally invested in them. And I think that's what they've been able to do with Dexter Loomis in the most random and crazy way. Uh, But I felt like this was definitely one of the best wrestling weddings ever and definitely the funnest and most entertaining. You know, it played on so many things with the level of uncertainty, with comedy, with, you know, uh, just storytelling. And it, both characters stayed true to to themselves zexter loomis showing the the axe that of course goes back to the week before when they did the axe throwing johnny gargano kind of coming around uh to the family all of that it was just it was great because it was a mix of, of really what wwe can do when they do it well and that's entertainment and but I think it was because they built up the story well enough, they implemented the wedding, and there was enough balance of comedy and entertainment and silliness that made it work.
2: Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely worked. <sighs> when Dexter Lumis showed up in NXT, I was just like, this makes no sense. Like, he didn't fit at all. Like, he was just dumb. I was never on board. The, the the match the halloween match with camera grimes definitely
1: oh the best out, right? the best
2: and then and then then it's kind of again you know you know tapered out for me but then the whole index deal like that just made sense and and now he fits and, and he's a good good piece of this new nxt i can't see it working on the main roster at least as it is but and who knows they could get drafted next week i, I don't know but it's uh, it, it it very much makes sense. The flip side of the whole wedding thing is that right now, and I know you're going to talk about you know the, the fact that especially after tonight's NXT, like they're pushing this deal with with Mandy Rose and Raquel Gonzalez. I think your next NXT Women's Champion is going to be Indy Hartwell. Like I think she's going to come mm-hmm. out of this as as a star and and an inadvertent you know mega star out of this possibly like, which I didn't see in her originally. So this is going to be huge for her as well in the long run, especially with Candace, um, you know, not going to be competing for the next, you know, close to a year at minimum. So it, to me, it's, it's Indy. Indy might come out of this, a top, top, you know, quote unquote top guy in the long yeah. run
1: and if anything this is preparing her for life after NXT because if you can find the balance of that emotional investment in storytelling with great in-ring work that's your WWE career yeah. you know that's that's longevity that's being able to go through the ebbs and flows that's going to it just is so telling and we don't know how this storyline will evolve and ultimately end because all things do. But this was such a great example of WWE taking kind of that level of entertainment to a point where they could do it in NXT and do it well. And another sign of the form of entertainment that they produce on NXT sometimes is so much better than what you could see on Raw or SmackDown. But it's also, oh, the way of them showing that that the only way they could do it Mm -hmm. that you know you talked about that you know haunted house match uh in nxt um halloween havoc and that was really like you said they could have only done it in nxt they could not have replicated that elsewhere and the same thing i think happened and that factored into this whole thing
2: you even had the zombie referee show up at the bachelor party like yeah it, and, and now Cameron Grimes is actually yeah, on the it's, same it's side. It's so.
1: meta a bit, and it's yeah. totally, and it's beautiful. Like, it's silly in a way where NXT has not always been known for being silly. You right. know, it was more for being the wrestling show. But the fact that they could pull off silly and entertaining in a way that makes sense, again, it shows that, NXT, that WWE has the resources, and when things click, they click. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think the expectation is that we expect WWE to hit it out of the park every single time because it's the WWE. They have every resource, money, talent available to them to make it so that they should hit it out of the park every single time. Statistically they don't. But yeah, they, you know, uh, no I don't can. know my baseball analogies well enough, but yeah. even the most successful teams don't always perform, you know, consistently.
2: Yeah, and as a as a hitter in baseball, if you're successful forty percent of the time, you're the greatest of all time. So yes, yeah, it's it's insane. But um, they could never be fully successful in everything. But yeah, their hit rates yes. still good.
1: Uh, I I do want to jump into. We talked about some of the standard bears and um, you know big moments of that first episode of Fact NXT. We did crown a new NXT champion. In that first episode, uh, a few days prior to uh, the debut of NXT 2.0, Samoa Joe made an announcement on social media that he was relinquishing the NXT championship. And so the four-way that was announced that was originally for the number one contendership was actually changed to be a championship match. And with that, we had Tomasa Ciampa winning back Goldie. And again, kind of being that, that standard bearer for NXT again. Um, and then also last week, we saw Roderick Strong, Roddy, become the new uh, Cruiserweight champion. And so with that, you've had kind of two longstanding members of the NXT roster take these championships and, and now kind of be these standard bearers of NXT I'm curious what you think about what this means for them as far as their roles in NXT and even how long you think they may stay in NXT.
2: I mean, I think they're in NXT for the next year, at least Um, they're not going to get drafted away this time around. I don't see some others definitely will and can, but it's, it's they're They're in their roles. It's weird. Like Roddy is a former North American champion. He's had NXT championship shots. Like, Kazuki Time wasn't really fit for me with Roddy Strong. Um, yeah, I mean he, he works weight wise and he's a great athlete. Like I don't know, it's like they wanted to put a belt on him and that's the one they went with, and we didn't really get everything we could have out of Kushida as champion. There were some health concerns in there as well. As much as I love Tommaso Ciampa, I it's weird because with Samojo's injury. And again, because of Samoa Joe's injury, we got zero out of Karrion Cross losing the NXT championship. Like, yeah. that accomplished nothing, much like most of his WWE career at this point, oh. speaking of Karrion Cross, Deep cuts, but deep cuts. And it's, it's not untrue, um, regardless of whose fault it is. But honestly, the perfect person to win the NXT championship when Tommaso Ciampa won it got released from the company a couple months ago. The perfect champion for right now in NXT would have been a guy we mentioned earlier. And that would have been Bronson Reed. Like, yeah. he would have been the perfect. He's just new enough, yes. but yet just veteran enough. He's character enough. He's over the top enough. Like, he fits the new thing because he, he's cartoon enough as well. Like, like he, he would have been the perfect person to hold the NXT championship as this new era began. Um, but obviously, he's not with the company, so that can't happen. So...
1: And it leaves you very curious then too, because you're exactly right as far as his level of experience, the way that they built him up. I believe wasn't he the winner of the last breakout tournament?
2: He no, he lost a long no, no, no. way. He lost that the winner was huh? the winner was Jordan Miles, not even with the company anymore. That was ACH. Um and he beat Cameron Grimes in the finals. To, to uh-huh. win that. So the thing about, but the, yeah, thing about it, him it, it, is that he's thirty four years old, and it. and that's one of the reasons why he got released. Whereas I know Champ is older than that, but he's a pillar of NXT, just like Dexter Loomis is older than that, and Gargano is is um that same age. But uh, they, they were they were different. They have NXT history behind them. They have NXT memories that will never go mm-hmm. away. That's Bronson true. Reed didn't really have that, so that that's why you know he was a casualty of all those cuts. But he. He's one I think someone like a Triple H my in his situation. Triple H is hard one to say right now just because he hasn't really been involved for health reasons. Probably wishes was there right now yeah. in NXT, but um, long term, yeah, I do think that Tommaso Ciampa is there to build whoever is next, and I think it's obvious now we know whoever's next, and that's Braun Breaker. So, yes,
1: so now the moment that I know a lot of listeners have been waiting for, and this is. Someone that Greg mentioned earlier, but we have, I haven't have flat out asked him. The premiere of NXT 2.0 also saw the premiere of a new look for Mandy Rose. And we've gotten now a brunette Mandy Rose. A big change from the blonde. A change of attitude, a change of look with Mandy Rose. So I'm here to get the official statement of uber- Mandy Rose, Mark Slash admirer Greg DeMarco, on what is your analysis of Mandy Rose's new look?
2: It's like getting the star in Mario Brothers. I couldn't be on board any more than I already am
1: winner chicken okay, dinner
2: mark Yes, hundred percent definitely um, on board America, fuck yeah. yeah I have no no complaints, no anything um but I have to say that it's also appropriate. I think it was really hard to maintain the main roster Mandy Rose in this new NXT. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have fit and I think that if you're gonna send someone down to NXT, and I think we're going to see this moving forward because I do think now that, you know, there's news that NXT is eligible for the draft, but I think that's going to be names like Dakota Kai who haven't been around. And, and
1: yeah, people, people like that, that we haven't are, seen in are, know, several weeks.
2: Um, but to me, and I, I could even see like an LA Knight, you know, moving moving on and stuff like that. Because there's a guy who's like 40 anyway, and so he doesn't really belong there to begin with. Um, if you're going to get moved down to NXT at this point, I think it's going to be, for a character rehab, a character change. Like, I just don't think it's going to be to go down there and be the same person like it was for some others. Like, Finn Balor didn't go down there and change. Well, he did, actually. He became the prince, right? He didn't do that on the main roster. Then he went back to the main roster, and he was the prince. So he's still the demon, but that's a whole different story. Um, magically breaking the top rope, no one understands. But it's very... It's telling because of how they used her and how they're using her now. She's a focal point, but she's bringing up two other stars, which is very similar to adding someone to legato, adding someone to hit row. Like, like it's very apropos of what NXT is doing. And I think that's smart because they're letting the the more green talent come along in, in different ways. But, um, so I think it's surprising when she first showed up in NXT, you're like, why is Mandy Rose in NXT? And you know, the indie darling aspect of NXT, she definitely doesn't fit that, but even though she's way better in the ring than people were giving her credit for, um, this is a complete character overhaul for, for Mandy. And if she ever yeah. goes back to the main roster, it's going to be Toxic Attraction Mandy Rose. It's not going to be Fire and Desire Mandy Rose. So it's a definite change and one that I think is, is welcomed. Um, obviously on a, on a personal level, it's very welcomed as we talked about. But from a character standpoint, I think it's, Needed, and I think the old version was was done when, yeah, when they didn't see the whole uh Otis thing to to fruition. It's kind of what you had to do at that point. Like like you, mm-hmm. you cut the Otis thing off at the legs before you had a chance to really pay that off in any big way. So yeah. you know, it got paid off well, by the news becoming working. And
1: I appreciate that this changes more towards a darker side, mm-hmm. a more aggressive side, because there's so much that you can tell and explain about this change, you know, that you went from much more of a bubbly, uh, but also, you know, kind of mean girl, Mandy Rose um, to someone who is now, I mean, think about it. When she was brought on with Sonya Deville, she was brought on in a very similar way as part of a team. So Mm -hmm. how best to, you know, retell that history by doing that. And really kind of, I mean, I'm very curious. I I doubt they'll ever acknowledge it, but that's a very interesting and telling part about her story is that she's now in a place where she's bringing up newer talent and she's almost replicating exactly the same way that she was, you know, brought up to, uh, to the main roster. Look wise, I have to say the first week that brown hair i don't know if it was a little brassy you know i I just i thought that the dye job because you could still very much see a lot of that blonde Mm -hmm. um but the week after uh you know it looked a lot better i think the look was more cohesive um that was my only issue as just someone who has you know lots of experience and time in hair coloring uh but I think that that was one of the first things I right. thought of and saw is now this new Mandy Rose is darker, you know, as far as character, hair, color, personality. What is Greg DeMarco going to think? And apparently it's the Greg DeMarco seal of approval.
2: hundred um, percent. On this. But she really is. You know, if you think about it, when her and Sonya Deville came up, they were brought up by Paige. And now she's in the Page role and yeah. which no one would have thought and, and you know the hair color thing i mean maybe it was colored in a sense that was supposed to work on the old nxt with a darker backdrop and then she showed up and everything's orange and purple and white and it was like oh this doesn't work anymore i don't know but
1: that's an intensive thing like literally mm-hmm. she'd been blonde for years to kind of do is, all of that it's an intensive process on your hair and so lighting is important. i can also understand that that's a it's a stage process that did not <laughs> happen overnight and it could have not like the full process and development of the hair was not going to happen in one dye; It had to happen in steps. Just talk about pulling the curtain. That's a process in hair care.
2: Good to know. I've yes. never, never, never known. Yeah. So that's, that's actually not true. There's a story there too, but it's a story for another time. Um, but yeah, I, but by and large, from a wrestling standpoint, from an NXT standpoint, I think it works. Um, in terms of the tag team she's with, like, I think one is light years ahead of the other right now. Yeah. And, and I think that, I don't know, like, like Gigi Dolan, like, something's missing for me anyway. And, and something ain't right. She'll find her way, though. She'll find her way. And, and J.C. Jane, I think, whatever her name is, I don't know. Um yeah, She's definitely taken to it quicker. And and they're still making changes to her though, as, as I've seen from this week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a work in progress, as a lot of this new NXT 2.0 is. Yeah. And I think that's somewhat by design. Mm-hmm.
1: So, with that, I, I want to give I want you to have your final thoughts on the first few episodes of mm-hmm. NXT 2.0 you know what is your overall sense of this new direction and is it something that you feel is a good direction for NXT or do you have any you know cause and concerns about these changes
2: um so there's a couple of different layers to it um and and I'll start with one that i think exists on an island right now and and it needs to go away and and but it still needs to be acknowledged um i will vehemently miss the old NXT I loved yeah. the old NXT. Yeah. I saw the old NXT live. I They featured wrestlers that we loved. They featured storylines that we loved. They featured moments that we loved. Like it, it's, it's all amazing and all things that, that will be gone. But that was never really the goal of NXT. And it kind of became this one runaway train that they let run away for a while because it was working. But then when they really, it's like they sat down and then they were like, wait, the purpose of this thing is to populate the main roster. So we need to populate the main roster. So we need to change the whole thing. And they did.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was very abrupt. It was very quick. And it's almost overwhelming. And, and honestly, if they could give any critique of this in new NXT, in the moment, I may not feel this way in a year, but in the moment, it's too much too fast. Mm -hmm. Like like you changed way too
1: much to the point where
2: I gave you the analogy at one point watching NXT now the way that the speed at which they're introducing some of these people and like an Andre Chase just starts talking like we're supposed to know who he is. I felt like it had been on for six months, but I just started watching and I was missing six months of backstory Except it never existed because it wasn't there. It's like watching Star Wars Episode Four. Like we started watching in the middle of the story, and I feel like with NXT 2.0 we started watching in the middle of the story. Um, except we didn't, which is the weird part about it. We started watching at the beginning of the story. They just really jump started and hot shotted a lot of things. A year from now, I don't think that'll matter, but right now, three weeks in, it does matter, and and it's it's a little abrupt, a little you know harsh almost and abrasive, but. In the long run, it probably will be necessary because, again, the purpose is to create stars for the main roster. And the talent is very different now because they don't, by and large, especially as some more cycle off, have the indie level experience or the other company level experience that we've seen in the past. Um, but WWE had a ton of that already. They didn't need a ton of indie talent right now because that's what the main roster is populated with. They go through cycles, and it's at a weird part in the cycle that we don't love immediately, but we'll probably grow to love. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's there's almost like a mourning process, I guess, for the old NXT because we love yeah. it so much. But it is, you know, it, it's gone. It ain't coming back. It's time to move on, and. Well. and see what I we can like in- about the new one. It's
1: interesting as far as the comparisons between NXT before it became this quote unquote runaway train, um, you know, before it grew into um, the brand that it was, it really was the, this developmental program. I mean, really, when you think about it even further back as the game show, but then when it came into its iteration as a developmental program, I mean, we saw, you know, the birth of a lot of talent that we now see on the, the main roster get their start there. And because of that success being so big, it allowed NXT to grow bigger than I'm sure the company had imagined it to be. And I mean, the things like TakeOver's, grew, uh, you know, the signees and the focus of signees became bigger, the championships, all of that grew beyond what anyone had imagined. And, you know, the fact that it grew into its own brand and became its own landing spot, I could absolutely see, you know, the management, whoever's in charge, looking back and saying, you know, it's grown beyond the means of what it was originally intended. But it also grew to be some of the best pro wrestling in the entire world because it was able to do a a hybrid of entertaining storylines and fantastic wrestling matches. And it got crowds and people excited to be, you know, a a wrestling fan. Um, But then I think things like the pandemic changed where you didn't have takeovers in front of live audiences. And you had AEW almost take over that hardcore wrestling fan territory to the point where it almost did force WWE to look at NXT and say, we got to restructure. So I understand from the business perspective, long-term goal setting and planning why they, they changed things up but it's hard to deny the impact NXT has had on the landscape of pro wrestling over the past five years, not just, you know, this place that built up a lot of amazing stars, uh, especially I think in in the women's division, but, you know, as a place that had some of the the best matches, you know, NXT takeovers were something that you, it it was just like pizza. It's hard to say that you couldn't have a bad one, you know, But it outgrew its purpose. I I do agree. And there will be a mourning period. One thing I'm very curious of and almost nervous is what this means for the future of NXT Takeovers. Yeah. Because they were some of my favorite pay-per-view events. And they've been mentioned a
2: time or two, so I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're gone. But, yeah, like, when's the next one? What do they do? How do they do it? Is it going to be there? I would say this, a couple things. Number one, the way it happened so fast, we didn't get to say goodbye. No. You know, like that. No, if
1: anything, you go back to remember when they did NXT TakeOver The End. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that should have been set now. Like, I feel like there should have been an acknowledgement of this is the end of Mm -hmm. NXT as we know it. Granted, I understand for business purposes, the more they acknowledged it, the more it could have brought and instilled some fear and kind of been negative on the brand. And like
2: I said, they did all this stuff to make us forget about it. So... There's that. I will say what it tells me is that, because they could have done it a different way, but I don't think Vince and WWE wanted a third brand because you could have made NXT a third brand and then created this developmental, splashy, colorful Nickelodeon thing. And I just say Nickelodeon from an aesthetic standpoint. It's not really Nickelodeon, but they just didn't want to do that. You could have kept a third, you could have kept NXT as it was and come up with a new developmental Mm-hmm. They just chose not to. And I think a lot well, of people that would have Well, that costs money. Happy.
1: You know, you think too about cost saving. Right. We are living the world of, of NetCon where things are cut cost and cost. But 205 Live you know, could have been
2: t- live could have been morphed into mm-hmm. this 2.0 thing. Instead, it's still 205 Live. It's just more NXT stuff. And it'll get rebranded at some point. And probably just as another NXT 2.1. Or I've seen a lot of people want to call it an, an extra, NXT RA and and i think that could work because it really is just an extension of nxt is all 205 live is like there's not even anymore. i don't
1: like that name but i i, I can appreciate it, it sounds weird it, it looks
2: better on paper than it sounds coming out of somebody's mouth i can tell you that but because if you write it down it definitely makes sense but when you say it it does not make sense at all they got to do something with 205 live to rebrand that thing and they will eventually probably later this year once mm-hmm. we get past the draft and, and everything else but yeah, they, they could have kept NXT as a third brand and still done this, but they just chose not to. And I think that hurts a little bit. It hurts those of us that loved NXT so much, but we're resilient. We'll get over it. We'll be fine. We'll bounce back and, 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 you know, it'll, we'll, we'll grow to love this in a different way.
1: Yes. And so with that. Make sure you let us know on social media. What are your thoughts on NXT 2.0? Again, you can find me, the hashtag Miranda, on Facebook and Instagram. You can find Greg at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, follow TheChairShot.com at Cheershot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, you can check out TheChairShot.com, your place for wrestling news, analysis, opinions, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment.
2: TheChairShot.com
1: TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Don't forget to support your local wrestling, uh, independent promotions, uh, IZW Impact Zone Wrestling in Scottsdale, Arizona, the new home uh, Saturday, November 20th for fully legal Phoenix Championship Wrestling Saturday, October 16th at the Broadway Recreation Center in Mesa uh, and do all the things pro wrestling Tees.com forward slash the chair shot and get your t-shirt today and all the things just do all the things because that sounds great. I don't, it's just been, it's been long recording sessions, been doing this for hours. So definitely uh, winding down, but, the last thing I do want to do is of course, thank you for listening to this week's episode. It is great to be back. I am so happy to do this show. And of course, to do it with my uh, friend, colleague, partner, business associate, uh, including starting our own taco truck. I've decided it is a taco truck. Uh, okay. just, yes. Cause I love, I love tacos. So good. Um, but, Thank you so much to Greg DeMarco for joining me and thank you for listening and joining me on this week's episode of the hashtag Miranda show. Make sure if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform, like Spotify, Google play iTunes, you subscribe, rate and review, um, subscribe to get a notification. Every time a new episode drops, you can leave a five-star rating and a review. Um, but also again, Listen to this at the Cheershot.com and many, many more podcasts, podcasts from the Cheershot Radio Network there. So for Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next time. Oh, and you don't forget
0: to, crazy with to
1: always keep it soft style.
2: Were you trying to get crazy with this see Don't you know I'm local? <laughs>